Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Our Football Podcast, episode 83. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thursday. I don't think anything that exciting happened in the soccer world this week, so I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but as always is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? I'm great, Amy. I'm just thinking, what the hell are we going to talk about today? There's just nothing been going on, to be honest. <laughs> no, nothing in the slightest. Just kidding, guys, obviously. We're going to talk a little bit about Super League because Adriana wasn't on the show on Monday, and I would love to get her point of view because um, it's just so much has happened between Sunday and right now that we definitely want to just get into that soccer news. It it it, it permeates everywhere. Um, then we're going to talk a little bit about the Olympic draw that happened. And then, of course, we're going to talk about Liga Mex Feminine and Liga Mex because their regular seasons are coming to a close. But Adriana, the whole soccer world stopped on Sunday afternoon here in, you know, the Americas because it was like midnight in mm-hmm. Europe. But Super League was announced. I mean, we talked about it to, you know, to depth on Monday with Carlos Eustis. And then the time we talked about it there to where we are now, it somehow dissolved and turned into everything. So definitely want to leave the floor open to you. How did you live it? And, you know, what is it, what was it like? Because obviously I've kind of taken a, a backseat to the journalistic approach to things. But what was it like these last couple of days for you personally and then professionally over at the end? Professionally, it's one of those things that I, I say it's like like informational adrenaline or something. So that's like one of those things that really gets you going. You're like, what is going on? And are we covering this? Are we covering that? And who's asking these questions? And where can we get this information? And can we go like and quote this person and stuff like that? So I, I kind of like that. It's like kind of like that kind of breaking news, which I think just makes like journalism fun and every day is different and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was just looking at the news on, on Sunday and it, it was weird, yeah, because of the time difference and everything, but still, I mean, when we started seeing, like, everything, we've heard, like, these rumors, right? Like, this is not something that just came out, out of the blue. We, we had heard these rumors for a while regarding the possibility of having another European league and how that was going to take place. We weren't really sure. We were just like, how, like, like if, if you look at the calendar, you're like, like, when? When, when could that actually take place? There is no way, like, I think any European league could have one more tournament because you have... Um, like you have the FA Cup, you have the Premier League, you have like the Super Cups, you've got Champions League or you've got Europa League. There's there's like no way. I mean, obviously, I mean, over here in, in Mexico, we had Liga Max and, and Copa Mekis and Conca Champions. And it, it seemed like possible you could have something else come, like that somewhere down the road, right? But when that came up, I was like, wait, how is this happening? And then everything started like evolving and you could see how Fernando Perez was the mastermind behind all of this. Um, which, by the way, I'm a Real Madrid fan. I'm pretty like sad to say that that like he's like my club president at this point. I really disagree with the entire thing. But those press um, conferences have somehow gotten worse and worse. I know every single day. Like, <laughs> and everybody I know, like professionally and personally, just as soccer fans, we were just thinking, please let this like implode somehow because nobody wants this. I mean, yeah, I know my team will probably benefit from it, but I don't. I don't want to have a league where we're like the only ones. I actually do like facing other teams. I love the possibility of other clubs having like being the surprise team, you know, like Black Horse um, in, in Champions League. And it happens quite often, to be honest. It's not something that's like really rare. You usually have that team that doesn't usually make it and somehow will make it to, I don't know, like past the group stage. So I, I really, I really like that. I think it's what sports is all about. You don't want a sport or a league where the same teams win all the time. And again, 
this is coming from a Real Madrid fan. I know we've won Champions League 13 times and it kind of gets monotonous for us like everybody else. Um, and I know the Spanish league, despite like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid, other than that, people probably don't watch it as much. But I think that's actually a problem. You don't want that. I mean, when you look at Liga MX, like the possibility of having someone like Puebla come in and be problematic for someone like America, that's that's good. That's what sports are all about. You want that surprise. You want that possibility. Like, like even despite how small it could be, just the fact that it's possible, you want that. So just like having a, a super league where you have all these teams constantly being guaranteed a slot, like 15 out of the, of the 20 teams, constantly being there. Yeah, obviously it's attractive. You want Real Madrid to face Manchester United and you want Inter de Milan facing Liverpool or, or like stuff like that. You want, yeah. I mean, obviously you want that. It's, it's really high, like high level soccer. But still, I mean, you just don't, I, 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 it lost like, it never got my attention. I was like, I didn't really want this. And I started seeing other people say, why would we have this? Why would we neglect that possibility to other teams? Um, I, that's when I started seeing like everyone kind of joining in with a conversation, fans uh, protesting in different countries, different leagues. And that, that's when I thought, okay, everyone's, we're all agreeing that this, whatever team you support, this is just wrong. So yeah, it, it was... Yeah, go ahead. Even the argue well, because I am a I am a Real Madrid sympathizer. We're not necessarily Barca fans here in my in my family too, and even that, right? Like you said, it, it could get monotonous. But looking at looking forward to the Champions League that we're gonna see right now, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. That's still an exciting and enticing match that you want to look forward to. So to kind of orchestrate this sort of, th- I mean, we, and I looked at it when it came up, I kind of looked at it funny enough with the Liga MX Femini, right? We, we've gotten tired of seeing a Regia final, right? And even if the te- the lower end teams aren't that exciting, there's still that possibility. And like you said, it, it, it happens a lot more often than people think. Querétaro, you know, eliminated Atlas when they were at a huge point in Liga MX Feminine. And those are those little storylines. Imagine if we had to, and we kind of, I guess we kind of dealt with it, right? With the state, with the groups at the beginning of Liga MX Feminine, where you kind of saw who was going to go into the playoffs. But it is, that's what brings excitement to the league. And let's not get into the fact that this is a, above all, financial aspect and I know people were like oh it's the lesser of two evils or they're both evil or they both are financially prioritizing this I mean but are you really going to be that excited to keep watching the same teams over and over again when you know that it's orchestrated and they haven't really even earned it in that sense yeah totally agree I mean despite the fact that it's really difficult for like any of these teams to actually miss Champions League even like the slightest possibility is still something you're kind of looking into, right? You, you, you're looking into if it's going to be like a direct slot or if they just might not make it, right? So obviously it's not as common in, in England or in, this, or in La Liga, but for instance, in Serie A, you would have several years without seeing Inter Milan make it to Champions League. And that's like one of the bigger teams in, in, in Italy. But still, you, you wanted that possibility. I mean, again, I'm also, I'm also an Inter Milan fan, so this is slightly painful, but it's the truth. I mean, that keeps you entertained. It keeps you rooting for your team. Um, it even like catches your attention when some other team like Atalanta plays so well and is starting to be one of those teams that could actually be problematic for one of the bigger teams or one of the more historical teams. So yeah, you want that unpredictability. You want teams to struggle to make it, yeah. 
Um, but again, you, you really appreciate it when one of those smaller teams does make it through and is kind of surprising. I think that's what sports is all about. You don't want to know everything all the time. You want those surprises. You want to know the struggle behind it. You really appreciate it after a while. So, yeah, I mean, to- totally agree. And, and Leah makes me an example of that. We've, we've said this several times in, in the pod. We don't want um, another Clásico Regio for, for the final. It's not beneficial for the league because it, it doesn't improve the competition with the other teams. We want it to be unpredictable. We don't want two teams making it there all the time because it doesn't benefit the other teams. It doesn't make uh, fans root for the other teams either. It, it doesn't entice people that aren't watching the league to do so. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I was really happy, um, to be honest, when after several hours i can't imagine what this would have been in europe by the way i like like journalists in europe were like oh my god this came through that they're actually doing this uh, who's in who's out why um all, <laughs> just just amazing to see but um when when the english club started leaving the super league i was really like happy i think the first one was chelsea and then i think it was manchester city i thought okay we, we just needed like a couple of those teams to actually like pull back and then i think everybody else would probably think twice about just making sure they, they, they actually wanted to go forward with this. So I'm, I'm quite happy. It kind of like, yeah, again, it, it imploded in like 72 hours or something. Um, I don't think it's entirely dead. It somehow seems as though they're going to, they, they want to try to come back, but I hope, I hope they find some solution just with, with UEFA um, before they actually think of like breaking off relationships or just anything. Like that. Because it was just, I mean, say, them saying, hey, this is the only way. I remember when you saying, we want to save soccer. And I was like, no, dude, that this is not it. <laughs> this is not yeah. the way to do it. I mean, if you think you're struggling and you're Real Madrid and you have that squad that you currently have and you're um, <laughs> the, the, the biggest team in European soccer with, with the championships in UEFA and you're struggling, how do you think like the other teams are doing? And you're killing them off from this tournament. You're not benefits. Like it, this won't benefit anybody. I don't even think it'll benefit yourself. So I was quite happy when like some of the other teams started pulling back because I thought it, it was possible that some others would reconsider and be like, hey, this is probably not such a good idea. Yeah, I mean, the implosion was just interesting to watch in real time, right? Like you, I'm sure reporting yeah. it was an, an adrenaline in itself following it was a was it's, also- it's so crazy. <laughs> It's so crazy because once you're done writing the story of Chelsea and Manchester City pull out, and then like a couple hours, I was like, oh, it's now it's the Italian teams. And you're like, damn, I wish it would have been like at the same time. So I could just like add them into the same story and <laughs> yeah. go and write another story. <laughs> it was um, so, it's so, yeah. dr- it was so dramatic though. It's been such a dramatic week. Just the way that it's always, it's also been very funny and not in a good way, right? Just because it's been such yeah. a disaster, but it's been so funny to see how every team kind of, excuses themselves when they decide to pull out like arsenal and yes it's because it's my team was one of the funniest they literally said like oh we just didn't want to be the last one to get in on this so that's why we jumped the gun early but now we realize it's making you all mad so our bad we're sorry forgive us like yeah (laughs) and then the t-shirts came out and clubs like whether they were like participating or not they were just leads was funny yeah, <laughs> I love the fact some of them actually, yeah, they took the time to do something funny on social media. Like Real Betty was like, we, were, we just we just made it into the Champions League because <laughs> the other teams are going to the other tournament. So I was like, yeah, there's always like, like I, I like that it's not entirely serious all the time, right? There's always someone that kind of has that moment where like, oh, let's just make a joke out of it. 
but um but yeah that it kept the mood light because after a while you kind of start like like really getting growing tired of everything and everything that's going on and, and obviously Florentino Perez gave him tons of interviews in Spain and just seeing what he has to say now and like what did he say yesterday and what does he say now and what's different and what clubs left and what are they going to do about it so yeah it's, it's always nice when there's like some like comic relief in the middle of a, like a really big story. Yeah, it was crazy to see it happen. Like we got the news, right? All like you and I, we got it like midday or not midday, but right like late afternoonish kind late of. Late afternoon, yeah. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't funny, but it was like, oh my God, I wonder what's gonna happen when the English journalists wake up. And you just saw it happen in real time too on on their yeah. end. So it was just yeah, it's been a it's been a circus all of it. But at least it hasn't been boring, I guess. <laughs> and good yeah. thing is it's dissolved, right? It's not going to happen. Like you said, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's entirely dead. They're probably just going to figure out how to do it the right mm-hmm. way, if there's even a right way. But what a, what a mess. Yeah, it, it was it, it was chaotic, uh, slightly, I guess, entertaining. I mean, despite not being like for any of the, any, anything that they, they stood for, I mean, just like, none of their ideas seemed like beneficial to me in any way, but it was kind of interesting still as, as an event, as a journalist to see how everything went through and how everything came out. Um, New York times had amazing coverage of everything that was going on. Um, just seeing clubs speak out, um, other clubs react fans. Um, I mean, all that was, was really quite interesting just to see how everybody reacted and, and even clubs apologizing, right. Saying, Hey, we're, we're sorry. We actually even considered this. Obviously, our fans are our priority. Um, so, <laughs> almost saying, "Could you please forgive us for even thinking about this?" So, yeah, I mean, there it was tons of implications. I mean, I started thinking about how does this affect possible Liga Max MLS merge in the future? Um, how could that be different? How could it be the same? How like stuff like that? Um, I even saw Nadine Kessler, um, UFA's uh, women's football chief speak out and say, hey, they're even saying they should do this for, for the women's side as well. Obviously, we're not uh, supporting any of this at all. See, that was um, so, I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I totally forgot it during our tangent right now. But as as two people that are highly invested in just like women's soccer, that, w- that was probably one of the biggest points that just like infuriated me that one, it wasn't part of their main announcement. And then they just threw it as an aside with no concrete details or anything involving yeah. the women's side. Yeah, that kind of really sucked. And I, I'm glad that she published um, a press release that was, um, I mean, pretty to the point saying, guys, we've been struggling for years, I mean, even decades to try to make the women's game catch up to the, the development on, on the men's side. And then you come forward and say, hey, we're just going to like discriminate like like every other European team to have this other like like best buddies club league, something that's just going on between us. And I was like, I mean, I'm glad she came out and said it and just posted it that way because obviously um, being a former player, she knows everything they, they struggle against and all everything that probably they're still struggling for in, in several countries and several leagues, right? So lack of resources, attention, um, press coverage. So just imagining having to divide like some of the women's teams just because of that, it was just, oh man, it would, it would have been so... so uh, it would have been like 10 steps backwards instead of like even like a half a step forward to be honest yeah definitely so it's dead for now everybody we can take a deep breath it's not super mega ultra league is not going to come and ruin soccer for us at least not now we've we've all <laughs> bathed the monster for today 
Um, but yeah, and one, one, one of the things I do, which is, uh, yeah, just to close this off, which is really funny. Um, I have like this huge agenda, right? Where I, I write down like historical stuff that happens. And then when it's like a year later, I can look back at, oh, it's gonna be like the one year anniversary of this happened or this uh, this is what was 10 years ago or something like that. So I'm just thinking about like in a year from now, um, hopefully out of the pandemic, I'll look back at the agenda and be like, oh, I remember where I was when I started hearing everything about the Super League and how it died. Like again, 72 hours or something. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. We're going to come back. Yeah, we're going to come back a year from now. Like, hey, remember when they tried to throw out a Super League and thought everybody yeah. would be okay with it? <laughs> that's going to be hilarious. But speaking of news that happened in the middle of the night, uh, Olympic, uh, the Olympic draw for the soccer tournaments came out this week. Uh, this week, I think it was last night, technically. Now, I didn't intentionally stay up for this, but it was 1am. So it's not a terrible hour here in LA. Um, and sometimes if I'm fighting my sleep, I'll stay up. So it was like, I think it got to like 1220. And then I was like, you know, what? I'll just stay up. I'll go ahead and watch the draw. But funny enough, I fell asleep. And then like I, my body woke up like, a, again, kind of like with the women's game, my body woke up like at two something or I don't know, like, like not too long after. And I was like, <gasps> I didn't, I didn't see who they drew. So anyway, long story short, the whole point of that tangent is that we now have teams to face for the men's Tokyo Olympic squad. Adriana, it looks like we're facing off against Japan, South Africa, and France in the group stage matches. What are you thinking about this? Um, okay, first of all, I didn't stay up. Um, I'm, I'm gathering like energy. To, it was 3 a.m. my time. It's, it's exactly at that point where I don't know if I should go to sleep early and try to wake up or just like, like pull an all-nighter and just stay up. <laughs> If it were at 1 a.m., even 2 a.m., I would have thought about it, but See, when it's like saying. 3, 4, yeah. 5, it's so tough. <laughs> yeah, like 1 a.m., I was like, you know what? I can push through it. It's fine. I'll, I'll just stay <laughs> up. But yeah, if it was 3 o'clock, I would have been like, no, I'm just going to go to sleep. I'll see you. Yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, I'm going to like in a couple of months we're not going to have this choice i'm actually going to have to stay up for the olympics oh, that's so. right i didn't even think about it that way that's true yeah so i was like don't worry i'm, I'm gonna we'll have plenty of this it's fine I, i'm yeah i'm actually thinking about that yeah I'm, I'm i'm reaching that like point where i'm actually okay with it i'm just gonna be like like constant caffeine and just like i don't know sleeping in the middle of like the afternoon like, oh, we'll make it happen i'm, I'm not entirely we'll sure like but... watch parties and stuff we'll just have like like zoom watch parties and we'll just that would actually be pretty cool yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, talking about the groups, um, I mean, obviously when you face off the host country, it's always really difficult, right? Because they have that, I, I mean, I'm guessing they'll, they'll still have that like moral support, despite the fact that there's probably not going to be many fans in the stands because of the ban to foreign, um, to foreigners in, in Japan and uh, in general in the Olympics. So, um, on one end, I don't think stands will be entirely full from one like looking at it that way on the other hand still it is they're like they're like the home country so uh, i i don't know i think they're gonna have that mental edge of playing at home um on the other hand we're facing france which is yeah it's not technically the world cup squad like the world cup winning squad not the senior side um, but we still don't know what players are going to be called up i mean we we, we still could have like mbappe be call, being called up and face mexico for that game um, and I think France is doing pretty interesting stuff, like with their youth level. I remember even before the, the Russia World Cup, we were already talking about like an amazing generation coming in with France and they ended up being World Cup champions. So, um, yeah, I still I think it's going to be a really, really tough group. Not entirely sure what to expect from South Africa. I'm guessing it's going to be more um, seeing what Mexico and France can do, particularly against Japan. So 
uh, not 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 the best news we wanted to, especially after like failing um, in the previous Olympics in, in Rio. Um, obviously, they came in in that occasion as with a lot more pressure after uh, getting the, the, the gold medal in Tokyo in London 2012. But still, I mean, this is a generation again. We're usually quite optimistic regarding the U23 squads. That lots of players with tons of first division experience. We've got Jaime Lozano also with tons of experience in, in Mexican football. So uh, it's going to be really tough. I actually do think we got um, probably the, the not the worst group possible, despite the fact that, I mean, looking at other groups you have, for instance, Egypt, Spain, Argentina, and Australia, that's going to be really tough, but I do expect Spain and Argentina to make it through. Um, you've got New Zealand, South Korea, Honduras, and Romania. Um, it's kind of like a coin toss. I'm not entirely sure who, who we could actually expect to make it out of that group. Probably South Korea and, um, and Honduras, I'm guessing. Um, and then the last group is Brazil, Germany, um, Ivory Coast and Saudi Arabia. So I'm, I'm guessing Brazil and Germany will probably not, I'm not sure if easily, but I think they'll make it through. So I think ours is the one that's a little more unpredictable. Yeah. And, and I think the only positive about this, and granted it is a tough group stage match, I definitely agree with you, but I think the only positive is that it does make create a very a much easier path to getting toward the quarterfinals, I think, because I think it's what A versus B and then C versus D. So you know, maybe it won't be as like once we, depending on how we, it or we, depending on how Mexico works out in the group stage match, which it will be tough, but I think Jaime Lozano has been a very good coach and those qualifiers. And I think the team itself has a, has a nice fire and we still haven't even taken into consideration who the three players are going to be. So I think that even that adds an even stronger arsenal to this team. It, it, it's doable. Like it's, it's hard, but it's doable. I think going into this. So I, I, it's going to be interesting. It'll be entertaining for sure. I mean, I, it, we're not going to have like a for sure, you know, kind of win, so to speak, but it'll all be a good challenge for them, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think it also ha will have to do a lot with who you actually get to be those um, over 24 players. Yeah. You do need some, some leadership experience. Probably look up, also look, look into what positions, um, a little bit of tweaking. So... Yeah, I, I think we'll probably know for sure what to expect from the team, like just a bit before when we actually know the squad. I think I'm pretty interested to know, like who those three players will be. We're, we're all thinking it's going to be a goalkeeper. Um, everyone's thinking about Ochoa. Um, he got he actually um, all the players that are, are on the like, pre list, you know, that list of like 40 players or so that are being considered for the Olympics. They're getting their vaccines this week. So Ochoa, um, I think he actually got it today. And I think he's probably the strongest candidate. He's, I think he's the player that everyone's looking into. Yeah, just give it to him and make him go to Tokyo. Um, no matter, I mean, the Gold Cup squad will be just fine without him. So I, I, I'd like him to be there. And I'm not entirely sure. Probably like a defensive midfielder and probably a striker somewhere. I, I think. I guess it depends on the other positions as well. But something like that, I think, would be um, probably what most teams are going to do. Best of luck. We have. We have games to look forward to and everybody get ready for, I mean, not just those games. I mean, I know we had, I, I, we didn't mean to talk about this, but I mean, we also just got the cities announced for the gold cup dates are coming out for that. We're getting dates for nations league in Denver. It's going to be a jam packed summer. So enjoy the sleep while you can and <laughs> get ready. Then and I have been bracing for this for like the past couple of weeks. So this summer's, 
going to be it all fun. starts. Yeah. But, oh my yeah. God. I think we was the one that tweeted out that there's like 14 Mexico games between July 10th and the first. So, oh my God. Yeah. Between July That's... 10th and August 1st. So yay. With a very nervous, <laughs> nervous yay. Um, but moving on to more Mexican soccer. Liga Femenil is at the end of its run. Um, to start things off, as we get into, as we recap Jornada 15, congratulations to Pumas and Monterrey for classifying, for classifying. I was trying to say classificados, that's what happens with your this head. But for qualifying for the Liga, very cool. But Adriana, I mean, we had a 1-0 win from Chivas against Cruz Azul, a 3-1 win from Atlas, a 2-0 win for Pachuca, 3-2 victory for Pumas over Querétaro, a 1-1 draw between América and, and uh, Rayadas, and of course, Tigres winning only 1-0. But I mean, standouts for you for Jornada 15 as we, we make our end here. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I've been thinking about Querétaro so much lately. I think it's all because we actually thought they were going to do a lot better this season than they did last. And last season was pretty uh, pretty great for them, um, making to the Liga. And now it, it's been, uh, I guess, it's not entirely a failure. I mean, they are in 11th place. Um, I mean, pretty decent being a squad that wasn't used to being in that like like mid table position, but um, losing against Pumas, Pumas coming in quite strong, I think to Liguilla. I think they're only like one like mathematically like one point away from actually like making sure they make to Liguilla. I'm I'm entirely sure that they're gonna make it. They're gonna be there. Hopefully, they'll get their first quarterfinal victory, which they haven't done, which would be amazing for for Pumas, seeing as though also Liana Davila is now officially like the only coach that remains from that first inaugural season from Liga Mix Feminine. So it would be great for Pumas to actually do something. Yeah. Uh, beating Querétaro 3-2, I think they I finally found a pretty solid squad, something I think we haven't seen since probably the first year of Liga Mix Feminine when they had that amazing defense. Um, I think they actually had like ended up, I think both seasons as the best defense um, in both tournaments. So now it seems as though they're they're pretty. Um, it's like a real like well-rounded team. You have great goalkeeping with with Melanie, um, great like players coming in from the bench, scoring, and so it seems as though they finally found that consistency that they were lacking in previous tournaments. So um, yeah, Pumas looking quite interesting towards Liguilla. Monterrey and America. I remember we talked about this. We were like, what the hell is gonna happen with Monterrey? And all those players that got suspended because they wanted to go off to the beach on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, and America with all the injuries and not having a coach. So yeah, I think it was, I think we could have expected a draw. So that that wasn't really surprising. It was just like, oh, okay, so that happened. Um, other than that, I mean, Atlas and Chivas doing quite well. I, I thought Cruz Azul was going to put up a bit more of a fight against Chivas, probably maybe getting like a goal somewhere and getting like, um, just pressuring Chivas a bit more, but it seems as though Tigres's biggest threats are Chivas and Atlas, and I hope one of them can actually beat Tigres because again, we were just talking about this. We we don't want um, just a couple of teams taking over the uh, Gambia Femenil and just winning everything all the time. So hopefully, we'll see a, a really like great surprise by, by one of those teams, and I guess we're all going to start looking into like like those last three slots right in, in the standings just see what those last three teams are I, I think we could pretty much say that um I think even Pachuca could still just not be like a guaranteed spot in, in the Liguilla but it looks pretty close looks so it's all yeah it's kind of close so I'm, it's, I think it's more regarding like Toluca Cruz Azul America what, let, let's see what they do this weekend especially because Cruz Azul faces America 
Um, America is currently ninth, so they do need to win against Cruz Azul to make it back into those qualifying eight, 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 eight first places. And I don't know, I think they're going to have tons of pressure. So I, it's going to be a great um, end of the season, to be honest. Is it is it just me or I know that we talked a lot about and I do I still feel very strongly about whether America deserves to make it to the Liga or not and and again I say that knowing that they have very good players on their team that's not denying that it's just been such a mess that I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about them qualifying for the Liga but that being said they have looked better they did, I mean, oh yeah! Like they didn't look, they didn't look bad against Monterrey, and like I know we just mentioned that Monterrey is kind of having their own internal conflicts over there, but they did not look bad against against Monterrey. No, they did it. I mean, we, we know the squad is there. It's just a matter of having everything, you know, like a puzzle, like like just like like function together and mentally be there. So, I, if America makes it through Liguilla, yeah, it's just because it's just one of those clubs that was built to be there and not like disregarding the fact that they, yeah, they had a terrible, like halfway through the season, they did quite poorly um, or not as strong as they're used to, because I mean, we should be looking at America being the top four or five positions anytime. Right. So if they still make it through, I mean, it, it's, well, it wouldn't be a surprise despite how poorly they've done, but it's only because we've been used to seeing them do, do just perform that well all the time. And again, they do have the squad. I mean, some of the players are coming back from national team duty. Um, we, we've seen tons of players like coming in off the bench at some point in the tournament, but particularly with the goalkeepers. So we know that the squad is there. The bench is there. They just, they have everything to make it through. Yeah, obviously they lost Cuellar because that's America. You can't stand for anything less than what, um, what the club is, is asking for at any point in the season. And obviously losing two to yeah. two four against Chivas is not something they're going to take. So I mean, yeah, that that's the that's the level of of uh, commitment expected all the time from America. But still, yeah, granted, they could make it through and, and still be a quite difficult opponent if they make it to Liga. Yeah, I I I asked that because I go into this Cruz Azul America game. I know, like two weeks ago, I was like. You know, Cruz Azul is like on a, on a good run of form and I don't want it to come to that Puebla game. But if they're doing better and they end up beating Cruz Azul, technically, by all definitions, they've earned their place in the yeah. Liga. I, I just, I also would hate, but I would also hate not to see Cruz Azul in the Liga because they've been doing so good this season. Mm-hmm. They, they've actually progressed a lot. I had very, I didn't have super strong <laughs> feelings, but, you know, I was very reserved about their new coach and, the system seems to be working. Curiel has been doing amazing up top. So it would just kind of suck there. Where I where I feel very conflicted with America's qualification, I wouldn't feel so conflicted with Cruz Souls. Even if they end up getting eliminated in the first round, I would have just loved yeah. to have, like we said, we love that refreshing aspect of new teams uh, making it to the higher higher uh, rounds. But it is, it's, it's really coming down, like you said. I think at this point, you know, not to leave uh, any teams behind right but now it's 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 turning your your point of view over to Lian. right now it is who's going to get those top eight pos- who's going to get the bottom four positions because i don't think anybody's moving tigres chivas atlas or rayadas at this point but pumas has already quali- qualified so it is it's just about pachuca toluca versus Azul, and america and america's hanging on by what was once a very thin thread but now they're kind of have a good grasp on it so i'm excited to see what goes on with that game 
Um, and it, before we head over to Jornada 16, I think the other standout for me for Jornada 15, kind of just talking about the strong teams, is that Chivas has shown again that they do good work. And, you know, maybe Cruz Azul could have pushed a little bit harder, but to see them get the win without Licha was, I think, crucial, not just for them, but, you know, just to, to yeah. head into that um, final two matches, because it is going to be interesting looking into Jornada 16. I mean, we already had Querétaro, you know, have a 2-1 win over Cholos. And before we get into Jornada 16, I also want to say, we talked about this in the chat, Adriana, I've also really liked how fun it's been at the bottom of the table. Like, it hasn't been, yeah. like... Not I think they got, how many what were we talking about I think Nagaxa has like four wins or something this season too yeah they have like 13 points so I think yeah I, I actually could check right it's probably their best season yet so yeah just again just not seeing them at the bottom is, is amazing yeah um they're actually tied like the, their best performance in any season was three victories they have they currently have three victories they have two games pending hopefully they could get that fourth victory and make it their best season yet um, and particularly because we've seen an improvement as the season progresses, right? So I think that's what got me more excited of Nikitaxi, just seeing that they actually did have a change um, after losing their coach. So hopefully it's the beginning of something even better for Nikaxa, uh, looking into next season, a, a project that's um, just a lot more solid and has a lot more opportunities and and just I, I guess even respect from, from the rest of the club because we've heard these terrible stories about Nikaxa, right like traveling in the middle of the night not like not like barely eating before a game and like eight players staying in one room and stuff like that and, and, and sadly it was several occasions we heard about Nikaxa. so I, I just hope that it's the beginning of something where they're actually just better supported by the entire club agreed um, so, you know, like we said, Queretaro has had their things, but bottom of the table teams like Cholos have also been making it very exciting for them. Or no, Cholos was a mid-table team. So 2-1 victory started today um, between them. Then we've got Necaxa versus Pachuca happening tomorrow, Friday. And then Saturday, we've got Pumas versus Atlas. That should be a good game. Both teams have already qualified for the playoffs. So it's just about, you know, getting into that Liguilla form, seeing how they're matching up against each other. Then we've got Cruz Azul, uh, America versus Cruz Azul on, is that Monday? Um, the America one is Sunday. on Sunday, yeah. It's on Sunday on Tudene, so we'll be able to enjoy that. Then we've got San Luis versus Toluca. Chivas versus Rayados on Monday. Uh, Santos versus Juarez. Leon versus Puebla. And then we've got Tigres versus Mazatlan. Adriana, Chivas versus Rayados, who you got? Yeah, I actually think Chivas could win. Um yeah, but just coming in stronger at the end of the season. Rayas having all those issues with players. Um, yes, I, I do think Chivas is looking quite strong. And some of the players being on the bench last game, I think was something we were expecting. We've been talked about this, what clubs were actually going to give their players a bit of rest looking into the end of the season, making sure they were entirely fit and, and available for quarterfinals. So despite that and the possibility that we might not see all like their star players in, in the starting lineup, um, I do think she was coming as strong. Yeah, agreed. But we'll see. We'll, Mikey Niela. Actually, I got eight out of nine oh, last really? week. I just want to go ahead. And... Which one did you I miss? I did. I was so close. I missed the Puebla oh. comeback. Puebla came back and won it at the end. I was like, <laughs> oh man. But 
I was just so happy. <laughs> I've been terrible with Quiniela, so I was just happy I got so many points in one jornada. But I mean, yeah, I I don't mean to disregard like a Tigres Mazatlan or a Leon Puebla by any means, but it's it's Liguilla season now, and I think we're just focusing on how those top teams do. And I think math- mathematically speaking, if Toluca wins this week, they they qualify, right? If Toluca wins, um, they get 29 points. So, yeah, they qualify, yeah, because Cruz Azul wouldn't be able to catch up to them. They, they, would, they would only be, like, so then, they can only get 28 points. So, yeah, Toluca with victory wait, that, makes it through. Would that mean that if America wins this week, they've also qualified, or does Cruz Azul still have a chance? Okay, well, let me see. Um, we might have to look into, like, goal differential or something. If America wins, they make it to 24. No, oh, yeah, Cruz Azul could still beat them. If, if America loses their last oh, okay. game and Cruz Azul wins theirs, um, they could still switch positions. Yeah, because they, they only have, oh they're God. only so one point a, away, so that's why. It's literally just on Cruz Azul America at this point. Mazatlan was so close. So close. They're going to get there. They're getting there. They're going to get there. They're gonna, I don't know who they'll sign, but they'll sign someone. <laughs> Who's Cruz Azul? Cruz facing, ooh, Cruz Azul's facing Querétaro. Yeah, I'm, I'm also looking into like like week 17 game. Yeah, Cruz Azul Querétaro, doable, doable. America faces yeah. Puebla, also doable. So we'll have to see. Toluca. Although Puebla has a good, that's what I'm saying. These yeah. bottom, these, I like the fact that these these lower bottom standing teams are making it complicated. I mean, granted, they're making it complicated for Cruz Azul and America, but still making it complicated. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Ooh, it's getting exciting, guys. Yeah, and uh, yeah. The good thing is, I think we're, it's gonna still be until like last week of regular season when we actually find like who's facing who because we know who'll be qualified probably, uh, maybe at the end of this week or, or maybe just like a couple of slots available for next week. But um, I mean, Chivas could still, yeah, they could probably beat Tigres for first place. Well, we have to check for goals, but yeah, they still technically could or Atlas could. Um, Monterrey could probably reach Atlas if, they, if something goes on. So yeah, it, it's not like entirely sure that Tigres will qualify first. They, they could still mathematically lose that place. So let's see what happens. Yeah, fun, fun stuff. We'll see what, we, what we're talking about next week as we head into the final jornada. But speaking of Chivas, we head on over to the men's side. <laughs> that fantastic 2-1 victory over Monterrey heading into their Clásico Tapatio. How are you feeling, Adriana? Um... I, I, I was pretty psyched, to be honest. I didn't expect us to win. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, it just seems as though Chivas has been so far off from everything this season. It's quite sad, to be honest. Um, they, could, they could now, I, okay, mathematically, you know, like everyone was taking out like their Ligia calculators um, <laughs> yesterday, just seeing the possibilities. And I mean, obviously you needed like every single other team to lose and then you would have to win all your remaining three games for Chivas to make it but now they're actually in 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 repechaje positions which is interesting because last season they also made it to repechaje and that's when they eliminated I think it was Puebla no wait wait no eliminated Rayados it was America sure yeah so Chicote came and scored some oh yeah three goals surprising goals (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so I mean it's so weird because I really don't think we have a terrible squad. It's just been like the performance has been off like the entire season. Um, but now the possibility that you could actually make it through the repechaje, um, not easily, but, but still, I mean, 
just looking into the last couple of weeks, it doesn't seem as though it, it's entirely impossible. So let's see. I mean, they face off Atlas this weekend, Clásico Tapatio on one end. Atlas has been doing particularly well this season. It, like they're they're playing really well, something we're not used to seeing um, when it comes to Atlas. On the other hand, Chivas has beaten them, I think, the last five or six games they've they faced each other in, in league, and I think it was also in, in, in Copa Mekis. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't even think Atlas could say they have the home team advantage because, again, this was a stadium where Chivas played years and years and years, so they're, they're quite familiar with it. So uh, it's, it's going to be a tough game, really, really tough game, but I do think at least Chivas is coming in with that like mental edge that they won against Rayados, which was fourth place um, and just, just yesterday. So let, let's see how they do. And it seems as though, yeah, they just might surprise us by the end of the season. Yeah, well, well definitely. I've, I've always believed in Chivas. I just want to put that on the record. Always have confidence in them. Always excited to watch their games. So it's entertaining yeah. either way for me. So that'll be fun. Adriana, before we get into other games, um, bored, not bored by the Clásico Joven this past weekend. I was I was bored. I was expecting a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was bored. Um, particularly because um, wait, what was it this week? Wait, it was it was last week that we had we had the Real Madrid Barcelona game. That was yeah, that was last week. It was it was the Tigres America. That was that was that game. Um, okay, so the previous weekend um, we had Real Madrid versus Barcelona. We had Cruz Azul versus Chivas, and we had Tigres America. It was a really great Saturday if you think about it. So then when you come into the Clásico Joven with Cruz, with Cruz Azul get, having a 12 straight victory run um, against America, their arc rival, the one that they like mentally just can't break. Um, I mean, yeah, we're all thinking about it, the possibility getting that amazing like 13 straight victories record, which nobody has because uh, Leon and Necaxa also ended their streak with 12 victories. Um, America struggling with, with injuries during the entire season, but playing quite well despite them. And yeah, it was just like a, like a draw 1-1. And I, I was expecting a just a bit more intensity, to be honest. Yeah, me too. But, and, really but, but you, know what was, you know what was worse? What? The Pumas Tigres match the day afterwards. That oh was my worse. God. <laughs> what was, it, what that was, was, was happening? Oh, oh I, I, no, that was at nighttime. No, that was in the morning because then LA Galaxy Miami happened like mid after like midday, right? Wasn't yeah. Tigres like first thing in the morning. Yeah, it, it, was, it was like it was a 12 um, central time. So it was 10 a.m. for you. And then, yeah, we had um, wait, I'm thinking if that was that was I think LAFC was playing that at that time. And then it was a Inter Miami LA Galaxy game. Oh, yeah. Although for what or it's maybe, worth. Or, or, maybe Gal- or maybe LFC was the day before. I'm trying to remember what it was. LFC but... was on Saturday and then LA Galaxy oh, okay. was on that, Saturday. That's when we were angry. <laughs> Although for what it's really worth, yeah. I will yeah. say, I still find it so hilarious that Diego Reyes almost scored again for Tigres in this match. <laughs> when did he become their savior? I just. I have, I have no idea. Something's really off with Tigres. They haven't, um, they haven't said anything about Tuca's contract. We all know, like everything he said is, um, they're men of the word and they're going to go through with this and they're going to renew my contract and that'll be it. But um, it hasn't happened and things are starting to get a bit nervous. They play the Clásico Regio this weekend. Tigres is definitely, I mean, we're used to seeing Tigres do like just like a regular performances, like at the beginning of the semester. And then when it reaches Liguilla, they'll be like this, I mean, like, like Liguilla powerhouse. They're like Mr. Liguilla. Um, but then now they're actually in 10th place. They're going to have to pay, like, play repechaje. 
it doesn't seem as though Guignac is that like amazing striker we've seen in previous seasons. Um, the fans are kind of angry about not seeing Diente Lopez get more minutes. And then again, you had a 0-0 draw against Pumas. Pumas like, is like 13th place. They're like uh, not, not even in repechaje positions at this point. That shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, I mean, Tigres is like not the most offensive team probably in, in Liga Mex, but they're quite up there. When you look at the squad, you don't expect them to not score ever. <laughs> you, you're expecting a couple of goal, goals per game at least. So just seeing them struggle like that against Pumas, uh, which has not had a decent t- like tournament at all, um, that was quite disappointing, even more so than Cruz Azul versus America. Yeah, although you know, I don't want to. I don't say this like mocking them because dealing with this transitional period is always hard for any fan base when you've been in such a really nice place that Tigres has been for the last decade. But it, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of humorous when you see them talking about how much they don't want Tuca anymore, how much his system is outdated, and how much they just wanted a fresh start, and then. The Pioca rumor start, and they're like, "No, I'd rather keep Luca. I don't. Uh, never mind." <laughs> I, it, it is something that, that we see quite often. Um, the Tamales guy is, is quietly approaching my house. Um, we start hearing something. <laughs> um, you, you usually see it like with several teams, like how they could have like these really high performances for a long time, and then they'll do like really poorly. I, I remember particularly, um, like for instance, Pachuca, after they won the uh, Copa Sudamericana in 2006, they were doing so well. They were like an amazing team in Liga Mekis, obviously just having that amazing title in, in, in South America. I mean, they were growing so much. And then it's, it's, it's just a combination of factors, players leaving, system being outdated and everything. And it, it, it's not as if they did terribly, but they definitely, you could definitely see like the decline after a certain period of time. So I don't know if that's going on with Tigres. And if it is, I, I still, I mean, I'd be pretty happy with what they've done. I mean, we know they were the most dominant team last decade. Um, you have nothing, like nothing you could complain about regarding Tigres for the last 10 years. But, um, but still, I mean, I understand as a fan being frustrated that you're struggling so much this far off in the season. Yeah. So who do you have for the Clásico Regio? Go ahead. Oh, man. I actually, I do think Monterrey could win this one. Yeah. Um, usually too. the same thing happens, like with the Clásico Joven, despite like Cruz Azul could, could come in with their 12 like straight win streak. Um, and you can still think like you're, you'll be like, oh, yeah, America's going to win. <laughs> or but they're not going to win. They're not against America. When it comes to Tigres and Monterrey, like disregarding how they come in, you usually think like one of them has, it's not a, it's not always clear who has an advantage, but I actually do think Monterrey is just in a stronger position at this point. Javier Aguirre um, was back at practice today after being suspended for going to his son's wedding. Um, just still really bizarre. I understand it, like, like the, the suspension and like the sanction behind it, but it was his son's wedding. I mean, <laughs> I, I know he appears dancing in a video, but you could clearly see this was like a home wedding. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like like difficult position, but it's still, okay. He's back. Um, and Monterrey is doing quite well. Um, we're going to see like both of the team's top goal scoring players ever face each other, which is another great story to look into. Like Funes Mori, after beating um, Humberto Suazo's record, now uh, facing Guignac. So I, I guess that I guess that that's like an extra ingredient, something that I think we're all looking 
uh, quite forward to. Yeah, so definitely look forward to that. And uh, both games will be on uh, Saturday, April 24th. Alas versus Chivas first at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then you got Tigres versus Monterrey at 7, 10 p.m. Adriana, uh, my children are going to break my door right now. So I think that means that we're getting to our close. But is there any... How confident are we with that door? (laughs) So it locks, which is good, but they're loud. So that's the the audio Mm -hmm. portion of the problem. But it, it locks. But... Okay, we have to end, but um, they can actually get through the bathroom because my mom's room and my room are connected by bathroom. So they actually know how to go around, go through my mom's room and then come in here. So that's the only risk that we have right now. (laughs) But is there anything else before we close out the show for today? Um, No, it'll be quite an exciting couple of weeks. Um, We're slowly like getting into the mood of having that like really intense summer. So (laughs) we're looking into... Liguilla, Femenil, Baronil, um, national team with all those 40 games that we still counted up in the summer. Um, Gold Cup, Euro, Copa America, the Olympics. I, I, I want to I imagine what we're going to be saying, like come September or something like, oh my God, did we actually just go through that? So I don't know, but let's see what, what happens and just enjoy it. And this was just something we were looking so eager to last year. So I'm, I'm going to totally enjoy every step of the way. Speaking of adrenaline Russian rushes, we have one coming up in the summertime. But yeah, that's it for us today. Uh, thank you guys so much as always for joining us. Follow the hashtags. I can hear my kids coming through my mom's room. Follow the hashtags. You know which ones. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you next week. <laughs>